Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? I am live at the 2022 NBA Combine. But in this episode, we're not going to talk about necessarily the Combine. The grinder, Leaf Tulane, is on today. And Leaf is going to give us his updated mock draft after the lot- after Tuesday's lottery results. So stay tuned. Right, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And I know I appreciate it. I'm sure Leaf does. And, and today, our title sponsor is Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, my co host for today, Leaf, AKA The Grinder. What is going on, man? How are you? Doing well. I, I put some thought into into what happened on Tuesday for the lottery and, and put together what I think is a pretty pretty well well thought out lottery. And I, I think I think you'll you'll like some and I think there's a few surprises in there. All right. It is Friday. We're recording this. We actually started recording on Thursday, but ran into some technical difficulties. Has the list changed since last no. night? You haven't had too much time to think about it to make some changes? I, I thought I'd keep it the same. Maybe, maybe I'll throw you a curveball. Okay. So like for me, I'm here in Chicago. I've been here all week and I'm working on my updated mock draft and it has definitely changed. And I had a mock that came out on Tuesday night, right after the lottery. And it might change based off of some Intel that I have. And um, overall this, this experience in Chicago has been, it's, it's been amazing. Couple of things I don't like, but we'll we'll talk about that on another episode because this is all about your mock draft. All right, the Orlando Magic have the first pick in the 2022 NBA draft, and who are you selecting? I think the Magic are going to take Chet. Uh, I I believe there's redundancy wherever you look on the roster. We've talked about it nauseum. The the, the changing NBA, how the four teams remaining don't really play centers. Maxi Kleba is the tallest player that plays. Um, that is that is all good and well, but Chet is a transcendent player, and I think the Magic are going to buy into him. I've seen Mo Bamba is going to be let go at the end of this year. I think Chet and Wendell Carter Jr. can play together and form a formidable uh, front court duo. So your front court would be Franz Wagner, Chet Holmgren, and Wendell Carter? I think so. And I think Jonathan Isaac, if, if he's healthy, that's an added bonus, but you, you play off the bench, you could maybe use him as a trade trade piece. Uh, I, I think Paolo Bancaro is a, a really interesting piece. And I, and I personally might take a wager and say he's the most likely to transcend and trans, transform your franchise. He's a franchise franchise altering talent um, because he can do it with the ball in his hands. I, I just think that the Magic are going are better equipped w- by taking Chet with the rest of their roster, the way it's set up. And I, even, regardless of who they take, I do not think any one of them gets them outside of the top ten of the lot um, of next year's lottery and, and NBA draft. See, I would go with Bancaro. I mean, I don't think they're going to go with Bancaro. I would That's go with Bancaro too. But I'm a little biased. I've been riding the Bancaro bandwagon all season long, but I, I think that Chet blends in with their roster right I think they need a defined pecking order I think they need a guy that you can say is the man and I think Bancaro has the most 
potential offensively to be able to carry a franchise. And I mean, we talked about Jabari. Um, you compared him to a former Orlando Magic player and, and uh, Rashard Lewis. But I would go with Ben Carroll, but I don't think that he ends up there. But we'll, we'll talk about Ben Carroll when he's up on the clock. All right, so number two is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you have Chet off your board. Number two, are you going with Ben Carroll or are you going with Jabari Smith? I'm going with the, what I think will, will happen. Uh, I think it'll be Jabari Smith. I think that he's a seamless fit with the pick and roll ball handlers and Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I think you stick him in there and he shoots well immediately. He's a plus defender. And I think the biggest concern about him is him being the one option. Like you don't want him to be the first option. And that, I talked about that in the big board episode where I had him at number four, um, but the is beautiful here playing off of two options with the ball in their hands. You have your transcendent piece in Shea Gilgis Alexander and I think he's a beautiful complimentary off, uh, option, and I think he can he can become an all-star there. I just don't think he's the um, franchise-altering player. And to go with what you said, I, I think I would take Van Caro if I were Orlando. I just don't think he will, like, like you said. And I think Jabari is the better fit for OKC than Van Caro, but Van Caro is higher on my big board. Yeah, I think Jabari to Oklahoma City is probably the best fit because if there was somewhat a knock on Auburn last year was their point guard play. And if he goes to the Thunder, he has, you know, an incredible passer and Josh Giddy, who's a wizard, who will be able to get him open looks. He has his score and Gilgis Alexander. I mean, they have some guys off the bench that can score. And I think that would be like an, a perfect fit for him. So I, I like that there. Now, is this based off of what you think will happen or is this how you would select if you were in charge? I'm going with what I think would happen um, based off not not necessarily intel just like fits the way i do it I, if i if i were picking in terms of who i would pick i'd go bancaro for the magic and chet for the thunder all right number three houston rockets are they going to shock us or are they going to go with bancaro they're going bancaro and both right there for both for who i think they'll take and who who i would take there if, if he were if he were there based on the way the the, the draft would fall um but Paolo bancaro to the rockets is a, a great fit. You've got your backcourt in piece uh, in pieces, at least Jalen Green's the guy. Um, you've got a frontcourt score that can complement what Christian Wood does well. Uh, he can score with the ball. He can pass the ball. He's 6'10", 245, really good athlete. And I've been watching some videos, and his shot looks much improved from what it did um, early in the season at Duke as it improved, and confidence started to be a question when shooting his jump shot. Looks like he's got all the confidence in the world, more arc on his jumper, looks very lean in shape. And, and I think he'd be a great fit there in Houston. Yeah. I had a chance to um, walk by him earlier today, man. He's a big dude. Like, I mean, I know that sounds like a, a very general statement, but I mean, he is solid, well-built. I mean, his, his body is ready for the NBA grind, but you know, you see some of these prospects walking around and you're like, man, is this guy going to be able to hold up? And I mean, I'm saying this because I just watched John Butler play five on five. And uh, I mean, he just looks like he's so far away, but I mean, he, he's definitely talented. All right. Number four, this is where it starts, right? This is where it gets a little bit tricky. So number four. All right. First, I want to know who you would select and who do you think the Sacramento Kings will pick with the fourth pick? I think it'll be the same as, it's going to be Jaden Ivy for both. And, and there is, there is a little bit of an intrigue here because of all the mounting pressure the Kings are facing because of the playoff drought that's just being spoken about so much. And that they would, if they take Ivy here, they will take four kind of combo guards in the last five drafts. 
and they missed Luca in that span. Like there's a lot of pressure on the Kings, but the reason I would take Ivy and the reason I think they'll take Ivy is one in the same. It's that he's the best player available with game tape on him. And he's got electric athleticism. You, you see Fox is by no means been a bust. Like he's a max contract player. It's just people have grand expectations. You see John Morant. That's the most common comparison to Jaden Ivey. I don't think he's necessarily going to be either of those, but he fits that same mold of just athleticism, dynamism. And I think with NBA spacing, he's going to uh, benefit so much from not having Trayvon Williams and Zach Eady uh, clogging up the paint for him. And he can improve as a playmaker there as well. Shaden Sharp makes it interesting as a conversation because his potential to be a star is as high as nearly anyone's, but there's no tape on him. And I think that would scare the Kings off from taking him just enough because they they're already under enough pressure. If they take a swing for the fences and strike out swing and it's a, I think that's a firing for everyone in that department. See, I don't even think they're under pressure. I mean, it's been what, 16 years. If their fans have been with them for 16 years and they haven't made the playoffs, they're not leaving. <laughs> they're just going to, to be there. And I mean, it's it's almost like the, this bar is set so low that if they make the playoffs, it is like, I mean, they might as well throw a parade and, and, and celebrate. So I don't know if there's a lot of, of, of pressure, maybe not on the players, but uh, the front office is, is new. So who knows what, what goes on in Sacramento? All right, number five, the Detroit Pistons, who on one hand, I feel like they were working the biggest loser in the lottery because most people thought they were going to end up with a top three pick. I mean, they had a very good chance of having the number one pick for two years in a row. They end up with the fifth pick and with the fifth pick, if the order goes the way that you're predicting it to go, and most people are predicting it to go, they could end up with shade and sharp at number five. And there are some people that believe that he is the best player in, in, in this draft he has the most upside, especially when you consider how valuable wing ball handlers and shot creators are. Now, maybe I'm just jumping ahead of myself. Do you have the Pistons with going with Shady Sharp at number five? I do. I, Shoot, I good, think... good. You almost made me just <laughs> look bad and waste a whole, a whole minute of talking about him, but um, it's your show. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think Shaden Sharp has as good a potential as anyone. I'm not ready to say he's the best player in this draft, like some I've seen on there, but he may well be. Um, the reason I feel comfortable taking him with the Pistons is that Cade Cunningham is your star. And if you've got your jumbo size facilitator and you, you've got someone that you already know based off a, a year, he started out slowly, but yet everyone doing re, uh, redrafts is not taking the rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, is not taking the, the fan favor early on and Evan Mobley. They're taking Cade Cunningham one all over again. That means that you hit, you've got your guy. And I think it, they can take a somewhat of a risk here with a really high reward um, possibility with Shaden Sharp and make a dynamic backcourt for the future. Yeah, and I apologize for the noise in the background if you can hear it, but I am live at the combine there's some pro days going on in the background and i'm keeping my fingers crossed and hope hoping that the next agency that's up does not have the music blaring because oh that would, that would be pretty bad for the podcast all right when we return we'll talk about picks six through ten stay tuned summer is coming and with summer you're going to need some food on the go and built bars are the perfect snack to take on your family vacations you can throw them in your bags, you can put them in your kids' backpacks, but make sure that everyone has a bar so you are filled for your summer adventures. 
And the best part about Built Bars is that they are healthy and delicious. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. And with Built Bar, you can actually have both. It is easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. And all the Built Bars and the Puffs are covered with 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Now, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, I think you're going to enjoy the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. And who does not want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, if you compare that to a candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com to get all your favorites, whether it's banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. There's so many delicious delicious flavors that are coming out all the time. So check them out at Built.com. If you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. All right, once again, you are listening to the NBA Big Board Podcast. This is Rafael Barlow reporting to you live in Chicago. And I have an episode coming out soon about my thoughts on the combine overall, who stood out, who shined, who disappointed. But this is all about Leaf Tulane's big board, right? We did number one through five. So at number one, he had the Orlando Magic selecting Chet Holmgren. And number two, he had Jabari Smith Jr. going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number three, Paolo Bancaro going to Houston. Number four was the Sacramento Kings selecting a guard for the fourth time in five years with Jaden Ivey and the Detroit Pistons selecting Shaden Sharp at number five. Just drew a blank there. All right, number six. Who is on the clock at number six and who is their choice? I think this is the this is the team that lost the draft. They got the most unlucky lucky in the lottery and I, but I do think they're going to get a really solid player, but not a franchise changer. Um, Keegan Murray to me is the guy that they'll take. I think his potential, um, his high, high upside is, is about 18 a game and good defense, which obviously any team will take, but you wanted after tanking so hard, losing 10 games in a row to end the season, you desperately wanted to get into the top four and take one of these guys with the, the most potential. Uh, Keegan Murray from Iowa shot the lights out this year, took a big step from being kind of a utility defensive uh, ace as a freshman playing alongside Luca Garza. And I I think this is a good pick for them. Um, And that could get them closer to the playoffs more immediately, but doesn't get them to the promised land. And I think they they'll be happy with what Keegan does, but I'm, I'd be curious to see if they take Keegan Murray, how much they alter their roster. That's got Malcolm Brogdon and, and Miles Turner already on the shopping block. Yeah, they're like stuck in no man's land. I mean, they have Brogdon and, and Turner who are, who are, I mean, I feel like they're in their primes, even though Miles Turner is a lot younger than what he seems. He just seems like he's been in the league forever. And I think Brogdon has to be on the block this summer. And then you have Duarte, who is an older rookie. And if they end up selecting Keegan Murray, then you, you could say he's probably maybe the most NBA-ready guy. I mean, I, I think Van Carroll is NBA ready, but I mean, I think Keegan Murray could be a guy that makes first team all rookie just because he's a little bit older. And actually um, I had mentioned to someone that I had seen him walking around here at the combine. He looks, he looks slimmer than, than what he, uh, what he was during the season. I haven't seen the actual weight and measurements, but just off the eye test, he looks a little, little bit slimmer. 
maybe it's um, you know part of his offseason conditioning to maybe slim down some because they think that he maybe may have to defend in space a little bit more. But I will say again, he he looks slimmer. But I mean, the Pacers are like. I mean, they have a young core. I mean, they had to hit reset in the middle of the season on, on um, you know, their plan for the playoffs. But Rick Carlisle is a guy that's not known for playing young guys. I don't know how much say-so he'll have. But, I mean, it's almost like I could see Keegan Murray going there. I mean, it just seems like a Pacers pick. All right, number seven, it is my Portland Trailblazers. And it's a team that I've been a fan of since I was a kid. And I know what the Blazers need. And, and, and let's see if you, at least in my opinion, help my guys get back to the playoffs. I think I'm going to address some needs for the Blazers. You have your point guard who, what they need is someone to space the floor out, let Dame run pick and roll. And you're going to get AJ Griffin, a freshman from Duke, who's 6'6", 220, 225. Uh, he's got a body like Jimmy Butler. And I think think he can step in pretty quickly and display more offensive game than he did at Duke where he was kind of a floor spacer and he would hit some open threes occasionally cut to the basket AJ Griffin someone I'm really high on um, in the long run if he can stay healthy that's a bit that's the big question here um, but at the minimum I, I see him in a few years being like what Gary Trent was in Portland and Gary Trent's now an 18 19 point a game score in Toronto and I think that's a really good replacement for Gary Trent taking another Duke Blue Devil. This one with a tad bit more um, high-level potential. And he's 19 years old and an extremely diligent learner. And he wasn't healthy throughout the whole year. And he still shot around 50% from three in ACC play. Yeah, I didn't think he missed at one point. It just seemed like every time he got the ball, especially in the corners, it felt like it was money. I loved everything you said, except until you brought up Gary Trent. Because... The Blazers traded Gary Trent for Norm Powell and then traded Norm Powell for Keon Johnson with left of Eric Bledsoe. And maybe, I guess maybe they got, they like Duke guys and, and maybe Justice Winslow can help. But I'm like, why would you trade? And I didn't like to trade at the time. Like, why would you trade a young Gary Trent? And then if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head, Gary Trent signed for a $54 million? And I think Norm Powell signed for $90 million. So it just... Uh, it baffled I mean, me, too. It baffled <laughs> me, too. And I, it's weird because it's like they were trying to make a, a playoff run, like, as if Dame's timeline is short. But now you end up having to go backwards again. So they could have had Trent. And, I mean, I don't want to, you know, bring up old Blazer news again. So we'll have to move on to number eight. All right. At number eight, it is the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, is this their pick or is this the Lakers pick? This is their uh, pick. Yeah, okay. There. Uh, the, the Pelicans pick was interesting to me because I think if they didn't have the immediate success of both of their rookie wings, I would take Benedict Matherin. But Herb Jones and Trey Murphy have carved out their niche. They're going to be awesome for years to come. I'm going to go for the high-potential big man to compliment hopefully a, a healthy Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum helps him along and Brandon Ingram's the uh, part of that core. I'm going to go with Jalen Duran from Memphis. Uh, he's, he's a really, really good athlete. He's got potential to defend on the perimeter, protect the rim at a really high level. 
and he's got great hands. He's like a vacuum. And I think the way that Brandon Ingram gets into that kind of free throw line, gets below the nail area, throws lobs to guys like Jonas Valanciunas. Jackson Hayes, obviously, is a great lob threat. But he does. He makes Jonas Valanciunas a far better player. You get someone with defensive upside like and hands like he has, plus the explosive athleticism. I think that could be a really awesome pairing for the future. I like what you did there. It's, it's, it's interesting because I think it may not be the most seamless fit or clear path for – Duran to come in and be the starter. And then there may be some concerns about spacing. I, I feel like the best fit next to Zion is a guy that can protect the rim, rebound, and space space the floor. Not, <laughs> yeah. And I mean they they can like balance each other out, whatever Zion is has been. You know, I don't want to say anything too crazy, but I think Chet can put on some pounds in New Orleans. <laughs> and so um yeah, I mean, but those guys are those guys are hard to find. Unless they want to reach for Coloco, who shot like 16 for 25 on the star drew at the combine. I think his stock can rise. And uh, maybe if you're in New Orleans, maybe you find a way to trade down or, or something because I think he would be a good fit. Or maybe you try to make a move for Jalen Smith, who is now in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. But you believe the fit with Duran and, and Zion doesn't impact like Brandon Ingram as far as like spacing? I think it does. I don't think it's perfect, but I think you go for the best player available. And and they they have a need at center in the long term more so than they do on the wings. And if I'm choosing between Duran and Matherin, who's got the higher potential and and no immediate need needed, I I, I would go with Duran. Um, personally, and I think that the Pelicans can can have him develop uh, slowly there, um, or hopefully quickly. But but you could could have him develop slowly without being catastrophic. So I think that's a decent landing spot for him. What are your thoughts on Jackson Hayes? I think he's good. Um, I'm not sure I'd put him as my center of the future. Um, I think I think Jalen Duran would be my preference there between those two. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not a need, but the Pelicans are at a unique spot. They were a playoff team that took the number one seed to six games, and they got the eighth pick. So um, they're, they're in a fortunate spot, and they're just looking to improve a pretty well-constructed roster. Yeah, with New Orleans, I feel like I hope they're not next year's like Atlanta Hawks in a sense, where the expectations are high, and then – all of a sudden the pieces just don't seem to fit. I mean, totally different. Atlanta went to the the conference finals or whatever, but the expectations in new Orleans are going to be sky high next year. I mean, the way they finished and with the addition of an all-star with CJ McCollum, I mean, I think people are going to be expecting fifth seed. I mean, that's based off of now. I mean, things could change in free agency. All right. Up next. Ninth pick. All right, this is the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I had the San Antonio Spurs selecting Jalen Duran because I think that is a huge need for them right now. But based off of your board, he is off the clock. So <laughs> who do you yeah, have the Spurs I, taking? I, I had Duran initially, and I thought about throwing the curveball from what we recorded yesterday, and that would be my switch. I'd take Matherin for the Pelicans and, and Duran for the Spurs. But in this one, I'll have Benedict Matherin going to the Spurs. I think he spaces the floor nicely for um, – DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, guys that are pretty good at getting to the paint. I think Jakob Pertle service, though I do think he may be on the trading block, in, in which case Duran would be the, the, the pipe dream there at nine. Um, Benedict Matherin, though, for a scouting report, is he's 6'6", got 200, 205 pounds, Canadian uh, sophomore, really good shooter, 
um, who I think can play with the ball a little more than he even did with a pretty egalitarian system that he played at Arizona that featured three all Pac-12 players and then Dalen Terry, who's draft Twitter and one of the guys I really, really like. Um, one of their favorites who could be a draft pick here and then three other all Pac-12 performers. Uh, I think I think Matherin would help this team shoot the ball, and I think he's a very modern two-guard in, in today's NBA. Yeah, I think he has a lot of potential to be able to do some stuff with the ball. And the last player that I felt that way, that I said, all right, he is at the minimum a 3 and D guy, but if he can put it together, he could be, you know, the, he could take it to another level, and it was Devin Vassell. And I thought, like, if he could – Sorry for the horn in the background. That means somebody's pro day is up and they got to get off the court. But I thought Devin Vassell, if he were able to put it together, and, and I'm going to put myself out here. I, I know I probably sound crazy, but I thought like, man, he could be Paul George. If he worked on his ball handling, if he worked on the shot creativity and, and just, you know, progress like PG did. Well, so far, I haven't really seen that type of development. But I think with Matherin, I don't have a, a direct player comparison, but I do think if he can continue to make strides as a ball handler and, and as a playmaker, he could definitely get out of the box that people, including myself, have, have put him in as a 3 and D wing slash transition finisher. All right, at number 10, it is the Washington Wizards. And who do you have the Wizards selecting with the 10th pick? This is one of, this is going to be one of the more interesting ones to me. I, I, I've, what I think they'll do is take Johnny Davis. What I would to, to do is take either Ty Ty Washington or Jaden Hardy. Um, hmm. I, I think the Johnny Davis one is the safer pick here. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, I'll, I'll explain the other uh, reasons for each. Uh, Ty Ty Washington would be give a point guard, hopefully for the future, um, and let Bradley Beal be the score and not have to handle too much of the ball handling duty. And Jaden Hardy's the swing for the fences who can kind of be the heir apparent to Bradley Beal. Um, and I think he's got a really, really good upside as a score. Um, and he shot 88%, and that's usually the highest translatable skill to NBA shooting. And so I'm a big believer in Hardy. Um, I, I, that's a lot there. Take, take what you will. And, and then let me know what you, what, what you think of those guys. Yeah. I had an opportunity to interview um, Jason Hart, the head coach of the G league ignite. And I asked him uh, quite a few questions about Jaden Hardy. He had a lot of good things to say. I mean, he just talked about how he fits today's NBA. He is wired to score. He has the range. He can shoot. He um, just, I mean, like I said, he had a lot of praise for him. The fact that he had some game winners, and I, mean, I think this is the highest that I've seen Hardy since, I guess, last fall. And uh, he wasn't here at the combine. I, I heard that uh, um, I heard that he he may have had an illness or something like that is the reason why he, he he's not here. But I would have loved to seen him participate in the combine. But I mean, there were so many other guys. Like forty of my top sixty guys did not play a single scrimmage in the combine but I, I thought that that would have been a situation for him to possibly move up because if the top guys aren't playing and he plays and he plays well then I, I definitely think it could would have left a, a, a very good last impression as far as Ty Ty Washington that is someone that I've had um, slotted there but it just seemed like a lot of people think Johnny Davis ends up there as an insurance policy for for Bradley Bill. All right, when we return, we'll finish out the last four picks with the New York Knicks 
on the clock. All right, stay tuned. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That is because Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, in the last segment here, we have the New York Knicks on the clock. Leaf Tulane has gave us his top 10 in the mock draft. Top 10 2022 mock draft. All right, so it's the New York Knicks. And so I had a chance to talk to a couple of prospects, and one of them was Dalen Terry. Right. And so I was asking him, um, you know, are, are Knicks fans all in your in your mentions? And he said, yes. He said they are sending me all types of messages. It's, it's such a huge fan base. And he seems to be one of the guys that Knicks fans want to see in New York. I don't I mean, I don't want to say I don't know why him, because he does have some skill sets or, you know, he does provide something that that they need. But he just seems to be one of Nick Twitter favorites. So are you going to make Nick's Twitter happy? Or are you going to disappoint them here? I think I'll make them happy, but not with Dale and Perry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Blake Wesley, who I think presents some similar skill set to Dale and Terry. Um, they're both very rangy athletes. Uh, Blake Wesley's a freshman from Notre Dame, kind of emerged on the scene, really good athlete, end to end. I mean, I don't know what they run. If there was a 40 yard dash between NBA combine players i think blake wesley would have to be near the top he's got explosive ability gets to the rim at will uh the the thing about him the swing skill is his jump shot and i think his jump shot's improving i I saw him i was in about the third or fourth row behind the notre dame bench uh, when they played alabama and then against texas tech and san diego in the ncaa tournament and i watched blake wesley and his burst against the texas tech team with with rangy defenders up the wazoo it was noticeable and he was the only guy who can create individually against that um, no middle defense. He'd get to the middle repeated, uh, repeatedly and finish with either hand. I think he's a guy that if he goes up here, I think he can make Knicks fans very happy and perhaps they could get Dale and Terry in late, a little later on. Yeah. And I've had a chance to watch Blake Wesley work out two days in Las Vegas at impact. Definitely high on him. He's one of the biggest risers on my board. The jump shot looks a whole lot better. And I mean, he, he's such a good rhythm shooter that I think like he'll be able to, you know, knock down mid-range pull-ups, the three-point shot is, is of course, it's a work in progress, but it looks, it looks really good. And, and then um, it's just the athleticism, the length, and he's just an overall great, great kid. And uh, I'm not saying kid, like he's a little kid, but just overall great, great person comes from a great background. And um, he's definitely a guy that I, that I'm rooting for. And uh, when I talked to him, he said he's gained nine pounds. So I think the nine pounds that he's gained will help as far as like his finishing at the rim and allow him to finish through contact. And one of the things that we, we talked about was how he missed like playing in the EYBL. He missed playing against high level competition during the summer. So he literally kind of just went from high school basketball to college basketball without the you know, the competition of playing against other 
you know, high level high school player. So it was an adjustment for him. And then he went to a team that had six seniors, I believe. So he kind of deferred a little bit. So I, he, he's the one that I think that there's definitely a lot more tools in his toolbox than, than he was able to showcase this year. All right, next up at numero 12. I don't know why I said numero in Spanish and I said 12 in English, but it is the Oklahoma City Thunder again. And who do you have the Thunder selecting? I think the Thunder love their rangy athletes that are versatile. I think they're going to take Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. Uh, rangy defender with passing ability. Uh, if this is if Johnny Davis is taken by the Wizards, like I like I project, otherwise I would take Johnny Davis here. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, though, he made his name playing the five on defense and the one on offense against Kansas, who eventually won the national championship and looked like the best player on the court um, when they played in Waco um, at either the very end of February or the very beginning of March. And he his activity level was off the charts. He passed the ball. Um, shooting is the swing skill for him. And I think the modern NBA seeing the the lack of centers remaining in the playoffs has really improved the case for Jeremy Sohan as a lottery pick. Yeah, I like to pick. I think that's where I have him at on, on my mock. And uh, I interviewed him yesterday and um, just had a chance to ask him, like, you know, you're a guy that I, mean, I don't want to say he was not highly recruited, but he was not a guy that people saw as a one and done lottery pick coming into the season and how he's put himself in position to be at the lottery. He was one of the guys that the, the league featured as far as like for media access. And I think he's going to be a fan favorite, whether it's, you know, the, the way he plays with his defense, how hard he plays. Then he has this unique style. Like you don't know what color his hair is going to be. He kind of, you know, was dressed a lot different than everybody yesterday at the media sessions. His hair is blonde right now. And, and I mean, he, he just has a unique personality that I think some people are going to compare to Rodman, <laughs> and, but uh, he, he plays like a winning style of basketball. And, and I actually really, really like that pick there. All right. 13. And it's the Charlotte Hornets. And this is a pick that I've had, at least for me, I've had Charlotte taking the same guy pretty much for the last two months. <laughs> and who wow. is your pick? I'm pretty sure we got the same guy. I got Mark Williams from Duke. Uh, he's a pick and roll threat, a, a lob threat for LaMelo Ball. Uh, he's a defensive anchor. His standing reach was about nine foot, nine inches, I believe, as yeah. it was measured. Uh, his uh, ability to recover is something that I really was impressed by when watching Duke. And I thought, and pal, don't get, don't mistake this, that Paul, Paolo Bencaro was the best player on Duke, but the most valuable player to Duke's success this year was Mark Williams. And I think that was very apparent by the way he, uh, he made Duke's defensive liabilities um, and mistakes get erased. And, and he blocked a ton of shots. He altered a million gets, he's able to switch onto guards, recover and change defense. And, and I think offensively, he's not going to be a scorer, but he's going to be a pick and roll threat and he's going to shoot free throws at an adequate level, which is something that the, Hornets have really, really been missing when when Zeller goes to the line, and, and I think he's a really no-brain pick here for the Charlotte Hornets. Yep, but that's the guy that I had them selecting. I think it just makes sense. So, you know, if you're your Mark Williams, you won't have to spend too much on on moving your stuff. You can probably just get a U-Haul and just go from Durham to Charlotte. So you save a lot of money there. I mean, I think he's a, a perfect fit for Lamelo. I mean, he gives them a vertical lob threat, gives them a defensive anchor. And really, I mean, he just has a simple role and he knows this role. I think that is important. I mean, I've heard some things about prospects here 
and it's like a, a combination of you want them to be confident, but I mean, I've, I've heard some guys have had some outlandish comparisons to who they think they are. And the thing about Mark Williams, he knows who he is. He knows that his job is to provide energy, rebound, defend, block shots, and jump to the moon and, and catch lob passes. So I, I like that pick there. All right, wrapping up your lottery. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers, who at one point in this season had one of the best records in the NBA. And, I mean, it's like they ended up being where we expected them to be <laughs> in the lottery. Like they had this crazy up and down year. And who do you think the Cavs should select with the 14th pick? They have their core pieces and their front court's really stacked. What they lacked was shooting uh, for most of the year. And I think the best shooter that is around at this range is Ochag Baji, who is the best player on the Kansas team. Bill Self said on the, on the combine yesterday, not that Baji was playing, but that he was the he had the best season anyone has had at Kansas, other than possibly Frank Mason when Frank Mason won National Player of the Year. Agbaji is an All American, one most outstanding player. He's a winner, really a really solid athlete, both vertically and functionally. And he shot forty six percent on the year, six six. Hard worker came on as a as a pretty much as a walk on. He was redshirting, forced into action, and developed each year. Came out last year, and I really really wanted him to stay in the draft. Uh, because I, I liked I liked his chances to make it as a second rounder. He proved me wrong and himself right and, and bet on himself. And now I think has a very good chance to be a lottery pick. Yeah, he bet on himself and won Bill Self a national championship. So, I mean, that is a, a, a win for him. And if he ends up in the lottery, I mean, talk about, I mean, things falling in order for you. And I, and I think that would be like a, a perfect outcome for, for Agbaji. For me with Cleveland, and I think they need shooting and size. I had them selecting Dyson Daniels. I think he would give them a, a another ball handler and size. I definitely think they need some offense. Right now, based off of how I feel, and it could be just prisoner of the moment, but I'm going with Jalen Williams with the 15th, with the 14th pick. I think he provides size, ball handling, shooting. And maybe I'm just higher on him than than normal because out of all the guys that didn't compete at the combine, he competed as far as the scrimmages two days, played well, played within himself, showed everything. And I think he's going to be a high, high riser based off not only what he did at the combine, but what he did this season. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On NBA podcast from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. The Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I am Rafael Barlow. He is Leaf Tulin. He just gave you his mock draft based off the lottery results. And Leaf will be on. We have so many cool topics that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. So once again, thank you for for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great weekend. And we are out.